0: Okay, all right. So, Amen. I was used to this one. I used to love having Mike, cause if anybody went to sleep, I could throw it at them. You know, it's terrible. Oh, please! My wife has jokes this morning. Look at Second. Look at Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles, chapter twenty. We began this last week, actually two weeks ago, talking about the power of praise in troubled times. What's amazing to me is how we can so easily forget the common weapon that God places in our hands in order for God to do what he needs to do in our lives. And we talked about our character his name is Jehoshaphat and really Jehoshaphat is a is a is a good man he loves God and you know it's 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 great to find men with power but who submit that power to the Lord but as you know about Jehoshaphat he had a weakness somehow or another he keep, kept forgetting that his ultimate strength was in God and not somebody else he for he kept forgetting that that what God had already given him not only was enough but God himself is the one that will sustain him but instead forgetting that he would make amalgamations he would become in league with somebody who didn't believe God in fact look at, the, look at verse look at chapter 2 verse I mean excuse me uh, chapter 20 in fact In chapter chapter 19, the prophet speaks to him and he says, why would you love those? Why would you be in league with those who do not love God, who are against God? And he was talking about his relationship with someone and in this relationship, by the way, we should all always know that when you're in relationship with people, that you share something in common with them. In this case, the King Jehoshaphat was in relationship with the King of Israel, but the King of Israel was evil. Enticing Jehoshaphat, saying to him, well, you know my enemies are your enemies, and since my enemies are your enemies, if my enemies are coming against me, then you must come with me against my enemies. Now, on what basis was he saying that to the king? Well, the king had arranged, Jehoshaphat had arranged a marriage. It's one of the few times in scripture where a marriage brings together two nations that are unequally yoked. This is a picture of people with basically the same blood, but not, the, not worshiping the same God. Jehoshaphat comes together through marriage with the king of Israel and the enemies are against him and as we rehearsed Jehoshaphat escaped by the skin of his teeth and he God preserved him even though he was in the wrong war. One of the worst things you can do is be fighting on the wrong side. It's a horrible thing you want to win you want God to come through but you must be sure that your allegiances are all connected to him. I'm not talking about the people that you're in relationship, that you're winning to the Lord, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the cooperation in your life, the communion in your life, and the sharing in your life with somebody who is really not what you're for. We see this all the time and if you happen to be in school you will have to deal with this the whole time through. Because when you're in school, whether it's high school, whether it's college, you'll always have groups coming after you because they want your allegiance. They want you to hang. They want you in their club. They want you in their, in their group. And you must be careful who you tie yourself to. I remember in, in college, it was a constant battle to decide which group are you going to be a part of. If if you had Greek clubs on your campus, then they were like after you. Unfortunately, if you were to tie yourself to some of those organizations, there are things that they demanded you to do in order to get in. I'm sorry that I'm only talking to myself this morning. Does anybody else know exactly what I'm talking about? It was secret. You didn't want nobody to know. Too late. I know about it. We had to constantly choose who we're gonna be attached to, who we were going to be in league with. Similarly, Jehoshaphat was attached to the wrong people, even though it was the people of his culture, and even though it was the people of his race. In this scenario, it's like a redefinition of what family really is. And this this, uh, Christmas season, many times, We are challenged with who family really is and maybe God needs to help us redefine what family really is. It's really powerful when you see what happened to Jehoshaphat. He he pulls away and he escapes and because he relies on God, the king who enticed him ends up getting killed in battle, but Jehoshaphat is saved. He is so impacted by this. He goes back to his nation and he does what is right before God. In fact, Jehoshaphat went, the Bible says, he went and he brought the people back to God. There's some of you who are family members that you have the power to do that. That when you know God has been good and you know God has saved you, you know God spared your life. Has anybody here ever been spared by God? If you are, raise your hand and look around because if the truth be told and we knew everything about you, you ought not be sitting in that seat today. In fact, the real truth be told, many of you would be six feet under, already rotting away. But God in his mercy, Captain, your neighbor and say, God in his mercy. He spared you. You called upon the Lord He heard your prayer. This is exactly what happened to the king, Jehoshaphat. He comes home and he begins to change his nation. Instead of the word of God gathering dust on the shelf, he pulls out the word of God and he he appoints the teachers of the word of God and he disperses them throughout the whole nation. The whole people of God in Judah were getting the word of the Lord it was at the king's command the king takes his political power and he he uses it for good and he makes sure that everybody knows the word of the Lord the Bible said literally about Jehoshaphat he brought the people back to God my God and the nation of Judah is now suffering peace amen and in that peace they are so excited until on this day he receives a report and the Bible says that the Amorites the Amorites mm, and the Moabites they come together Moab and Ammon, they, those two nations which greatly outnumber them, in fact they outnumber them so much there is in logical warfare no chance for them to survive. What's coming against them is so big, so pervasive, until they know they don't have a chance. They'd already been to war before, not not, not many months before, they'd already been to, uh, to war with one of them and, and was about to be defeated, and now both of these massive tribes with massive power and massive footmen and chariots and weapons, they come against them. Yeah, he, he's, figured, he's, he's asking the question, what in the world are we going to do? Look with me as it says in verse 3 of chapter 20, 2 Chronicles. Jehoshaphat was afraid. Has anybody here ever been afraid? You know, uh, when fear comes, it really reveals where you are. When a threat comes, it really reveals where you are. Joseph had, being afraid, why was he afraid? Because he was in his logical mind. He just summed up. I know how many footmen I have, I know how many soldiers, horses, weapons i know where we stand i know our size but i also know by my scouts and by my spies i know what's coming against me the bible says he was afraid so jehoshaphat he gathered together to seek help from the lord they even came from all the cities of judah to seek the lord tap your neighbor and said i wonder is it time for you to seek the lord amen It's so easy to give God thanks when everything is going well. It's so easy when I've been been trying to get these four or five scholarships. I don't know which one's going to take me. And finally, one of them says, we give you a full ride. You don't have to pay anything. Just pay attention. That's all you have to pay And they And they, they take care of your books, your tuition, your housing. They take care of all of it. How many of you have ever been in that situation to praise God when the, when, the, when, the, when the grant money came through? I'm sorry, ain't nobody. Okay, amen. It's so easy to praise God when everything is at peace and going well with you. It's easy when, when things are going the way you want them to go. When you get the good report instead of the bad report. When the raise comes through, thank you, Jesus. Amen. When you've been praying for something that you've not been able to see and all of a sudden somebody comes, puts it right there in front of your lap. You know what? You can pray. How many of y'all can praise God when it comes through? Thank you, Jesus. If you've ever been sick, particularly a long season of sickness, and you've ever been hurting and you can't stop the pain, no matter how many drugs you take. There's some sicknesses that drugs just don't. And when you finally get relief, oh, I never will forget that I couldn't sleep for two weeks. It felt like two weeks that I couldn't sleep and finally, I wanna tell you, you know, that's why I, I, I escaped by the skin of my teeth from being a drug addict, because when I took oxycodone that day, it made me feel so good. I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm sorry that nobody else can can relate to what I'm saying to you. I had to wean myself off of that stuff because it made me feel, but you know what? It's easy to praise God when you get relief. How many of you have ever gotten relief? (laughs) Oh, my God. But praise is never, never, praise is never segregated only to good times, to adventures and to, and to answers to prayer. In fact, today I want you to see praise as a weapon in your hand. The Bible says that they all came together and they begin to pray. And I gave you last week And by the way, you can find this outline on Metro City app. And if you don't have the Metro City app, uh, may they instruct you before you leave how to download the app because we're going to use the app and I I want you to be able to work with the notes. You can take them with you. You can see for yourself. You can take notes, in fact, on the app with my notes that are there for you. It's a powerful thing that God did for them. It's the same thing he's standing ready to do for you. The Bible says, even though they had peace, a great swarm came against them. And and he he really didn't know what to do, and so he assembled everybody together to pray. Because I gave you last week, number one, prayer. What What praise does, rather, what praise does is it focuses your attention on God. And they all came together and they prayed to God. Instead of having just a pity party, they started having a praise party. You're either praising God when problems come or you are pitying yourself. The second thing we we, we said last week is not only does praise focus your attention on God, but praising God recognizes God's sovereignty. Helps you understand who it is you're worshiping. It declares who he is, his mighty acts, his power, his attributes, his unlimited resource, his knowledge which is, which is, which is undefinable. Who God is, is declared by Jehoshaphat when they stood up and they focused toward him. And they even declared publicly his sovereignty. It's something that your praise needs to do when the trouble comes, when you're in the middle of it. We have to say, we need to say, as King Jehoshaphat said, O oh Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God in heaven? And, you are, and, and are you not the ruler of all kingdoms? Power and might are in your hand so that no one stands against you. See, they're coming against us, but Lord, no one stands against you. And when, 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 the, when the negative situation arises, And when you're in the middle of it, you need to know whose side you're on. And you need to declare his sovereignty. And so they did. And number three, we said, praising God recalls his mighty acts. They started rehearsing their history. Many of you need to know how to do that. And remember the pathway that the Lord took you. This is not arbitrary. God knows exactly what you have been through and what you're facing. And one of the things that we must do when the situation arises, when the prayer has not yet been answered and when the negative is before you and when the enemy is accosting you, what you need to learn to do is rehearse your history. Talk it out, say it out loud. Who am I saying it to? Say it to all the demons that surround you. Speak it in the air and you know it's amazing how many folks don't get answers to prayer because they don't pray, excuse me, out loud. It's amazing how many folks have not discovered the power of praise and the power of prayer aloud. If you search the psalm you will see how many times the Lord He invokes us and the psalmist invokes us. I will shout unto God with a loud voice. Some of us get nervous in church when it gets loud because we've been taught sometimes that church is supposed to be subdued, quiet, and reverent. There is a time to keep still before the Lord. There is a time to be quiet before the Lord, but it's very short compared to how many times you you are invoked to praise him. You have forgotten that the angels around the throne of God, day and night, they continually praise his holy and righteous name. You forget that the four and the 20 elders are casting their crowns before the throne of God and and continually say, holy, holy is the Lord, the Lord God Almighty. You forgot how much heaven is continually blessing and praising him. Rehearse your history. Remember the pathway the Lord took you. My foot almost slipped, but Lord, you secured me. I almost went down, but you helped me. Your hand upheld me. Your right hand protected me. Your grace covered me. Your power surrounded me. You need to rehearse what God did for you. It's amazing to me how quickly you can forget, tap your neighbor, have you forgotten what God did for you? Sometimes it's easy to forget that because the moment that you're experiencing might bring force, pain, or fear that, that seems to drown out the history. Look, It was a writer, it was a general talking to other generals. He said, it's it's not tanks. It's not tanks and guns that we need to destroy in this war. It's not weapons that we need to destroy in this war if we're to win. They would write this way. What we need to destroy is the heart of a man. Because if I can take his heart, he'll never get in the tank. If I can take his heart, he'll never pick up his gun." If I can take his heart, he'll never come out the trench. If I can take his heart, he'll never get in that plane to fly to drop bombs. Have you forgotten what the enemy's trying to do? He wants to take your heart. That's why you feel so discouraged. That's why you feel like that hopelessness. That's exactly why you feel complacency. That's exactly why you feel numb. Because the enemy is trying to take your heart. Because when you have a heart, you remember who God is. And when you begin to praise him, when you begin to extol him, when you begin to lift him up, when you begin to talk about his goodness, when you begin to rehearse his mercy and his grace, then and only then will you see things change and shift. Look at your neighbor and tell him again, rehearse your history. Look at somebody and say, Don't let the enemy take your heart. Not only do we recall our history, but praise paves the way to humility. Some people, many of us, have a difficulty. Pride will kill you. You remember what I said? Pride will kill you, kill you, dead. The Bible says when pride comes, the next thing's gonna happen is you're gonna fall. Pride is, is, is a refusal to admit you need help. Have you seen folks sick? Can't even breathe. <coughs> you need to go to the doctor. I don't need no doctor. I don't need no doctor. Have you ever seen that? Foot swollen up, can't get the shoe on. You need to go see the doctor. I don't need to see the no old doctor. Just give me some turpentine and some hot water. I'll be all right. Have you ever seen folks like that? Spitting up blood. <coughs> we, need, come on, we need to go to the doctor. I ain't going to no doctor. You know doctors, don't know, they don't know what they're doing. Just proud. Pride will kill you. Pride will kill you. Couples fighting, been married for years and still fighting like cats and dogs and won't go see somebody who can counsel them and help them. Why don't they go? Because they're proud. I don't want nobody in my business. You ain't nobody else who but my business. You ever heard guys say that? Look at you and say, Stupid. Stupid. It's amazing to me how we can hurt so bad and not get the help we need. Praise praise humbles you it what it does see what happens is Jehoshaphat when he saw the magnitude of what was against him he, 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 he right then he said God we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you so I'm asking you today whatever has not happened whatever has come against you where are your eyes Where are your ears? Have you heard the word of the Lord? Yet folks be having problems. I don't know what to do. Just in perplexity. And they don't even know that if you just went to God, He would tell you very simply, here's what you need to do. Complex situations are nothing to God. There is no counsel against the Lord. There's no might against the Lord. There's no complexity against the Lord. The Lord is... Knows it all. He he knows how to untie the knot of your mess. He knows how to fix the situation in your distress. God knows how to do that. When you praise him, when you thank him, when you adore him, when you acknowledge him, what you're doing is you're humbling yourself and say, God, I need you. Jehoshaphat, though he had power and might, took it to the throne with his people, with his leaders, humbled himself before the Lord, and God began to answer. You might want to learn how to repeat this. Repeat it, in fact. I don't know what to do. By the way, that's a problem when you think you know what to do and you've done everything you know to do and it still ain't working, but you still think you know what to do. Now, is that crazy? That's a product of pride, right? And you're going to circle around the same situation and, it's, and nothing's, any, n- nothing's any different like that drunk man who got drunk and stood up and went around and was trying to walk it off and was hitting his head up against a lampshade that was hanging out, bang, and wouldn't even change his direction, going to same. Hit it again. Go around that bam, hit it again. I'm sorry to tell you that was me. But anyway, the the the, the deal is when you humble yourself, you'll quit going around in the same circles without solution. God wants you to make progress, but you got to humble yourself. You gotta admit, Lord, I need your help. I don't know. It's amazing. You ask, have you ever had folks that got an education, got a degree? Ask them a question, they think they're supposed to know everything, and so instead of saying I'm sorry, saying what? A little louder, please. Some of you, that's the first time you said it in your life without threat. Amen. It's an amazing thing for you to say, I don't know what to do. And sometimes you need to say it out loud. I've been going around this circle all year long. I was promised a breakthrough in January. Now it's December, and I've not gotten my breakthrough. But maybe you haven't humbled yourself and said, God, I don't know what to do about this. I know you promised it, but I don't know what to do. It's in that admittance. When you admit that you don't know, that's when God can answer. That's when God can show up. Humble yourself, come on, under the mighty hand of God, and he will raise you. You don't get resurrection until you humble yourself. She's been acting, she been acting out. She's been acting this way. I just don't know what to do with her. She just, I was telling some folk the other day, talking about relationships, they can get pretty intense. I don't know what to do. You know, you feel that way. amen. You don't even talk that way, but you just want to go. You know, we, we can't talk this way in public. We're, we're to ourselves, family. But have you ever felt like with your mate? You know, if you could get away with it, you would just go. <laughs> have you ever felt that? You know, some of you felt like you know when, when he's sleep, he's sleeping. You know, <laughs> You just want to go get Clorox. <laughs> you know, it was terrible. Anyway, I've come. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Jehoshaphat, he don't know he, he, at least he has sense enough to say I don't know Lord I can't see my way I've been round and round and round I've been asking about I've been praying why I've been praying this Why? why hasn't anything broken through first instruction today To get your breakthrough stand on your feet don't do it right now and begin to praise him and thank him and give him adoration it's the first key to humbling yourself so God can show up on your behalf Mm. Jehoshaphat all of his captains all of his army all of his people recognize the sovereignty of God and they recall their history and they begin to bless him And they begin to humble themselves. Write this down. When you are destitute, it prepares you for deliverance. When you are destitute, when you're in desperation, it prepares you for deliverance. You can't get delivered unless you realize you need help. You need it. And though deliverance has been purchased for us, and though God has already made a decision for you, to set you free. You have to come to the place, the end of yourself, when you realize, Lord, Lord, I don't know. Not only do I not know what to do, I need your hand to get me out of this. You, don't have, you, you may have been going around the same circle for months and months and years and years and not been able to get the breakthrough. You can stop today. You can decide, Lord, I don't know what to do. I need to humble myself before God. By the way, one of the things that keeps you from you and I from humbling ourselves is a thing called sin. When the reason why sin is so deadly is that it causes pride to rise in your heart. When you can't admit your sinfulness, when you can't admit your weakness, when you when you don't admit your fault. When you don't, when you don't public, and many times, it, it, sometimes it needs to be, sometimes it needs to be publicly, re, re, recognize what is it that you have, have not done? What is it that yet you need to do? This is when God is able to work on your behalf. It's amazing that deliverance is waiting for you having been bought, paid for in full, but you can't experience it until you become destitute. Until you say, God, I need you. Look, I don't care if you got to go to a a one more encounter. If you get desperate, God will deliver you. Tell your neighbor what I said. God will deliver you. You shouldn't settle maybe for what has happened in the past if the past has not brought about what you desire for the future. And that's exactly what they did. They cried out to God. Number five, praise enlarges your vision. It enlarges your vision of God. Praise enlarges your vision. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 14 says, Then in the midst of the, of the assembly, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord, came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Maniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, and, 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 and the Levite, of the sons of Asphah, And he said, listen, all all you of Judah, listen, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says to you, do not fear nor be dismayed because of this great multitude, for this battle does not belong to you. As long as you own it, as long as you pridefully say, well, I, 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 can, I can hold out, then you are, you are fixed for destruction. But in this time now, and in this season, and in this day, what God is, is looking for are those who will admit the fact not only we, we, we're not able to do for ourselves, we can't, we, we can't handle this by ourselves. You need a bigger vision of who God is. Praise will open your vision to how big God is. praising Him, worshiping him, adoring him, thanking him, opens up your, your vision of what God can do. The Bible says, tomorrow he, he, the battle's not yours, Israel, Judah, but the battle is the Lord's. Now here's what I want you to do, I want you to note God said, this is my battle, but here are my instructions. This is my battle. If you give it to me, I'll make it my battle, but I'm going to instruct you. Amen. And the Lord said, here's what I want you to do. He told Israel, I want you tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will be coming up by the ascent of Ziz. That's amazing to me that God... Will tell you now, some of you are witnesses of this. He will tell you coming events so that you can strategically win. But you, you've got to come to God and ask him, Lord, you've got to come to God and bless him. He says, Tomorrow I want you to go to the battle. Now the battle belongs to me, but I need you to show up. It's my battle, but I need you to show up. One more time, Flynn, I will. It's my battle, but I need you to show up. I'm working for you, but I need you to stand there and I need you to represent. They don't see me, but I want them to see you. Because when I work, I want them to associate me with you. So you got to come and be right in the midst of it. I don't want you to run, don't hide, don't find a rock, don't find a TV, don't find a bed, don't find a joint, don't find a bottle, don't find a needle, don't find a pill. I need you to show up in the middle of what I'm going to do. If you show up, I will show out. If you show up, I'll take care. But I want you in the, I can't if you don't show up. You don't show up, you tie my hands. Here's the way I've ordained my economy. You got to represent. You got to put yourself in a position that if I don't come through, you dead. Hello, somebody. Can I put it another way? You need to put yourself in a position that if nothing happens, you're going to look embarrassed. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. You stand in the place where I have... And stand for exactly what I've told you to stand for. You put yourself in a vulnerable position. It's kind of amazing to me that God would say to them, Israel, I know they're bigger, I know they outnumber you, but I need you to get up, get dressed, get in line, get in step, and follow directions. Tomorrow morning, I want you to go down and I want you to face them. I'm sorry. Did you all read the same Bible I read? Read, read it again with me so we can get it straight. See, he says to them, he says, it's an amazing thing. Tomorrow, I want you to go up against it. I want you to go down against them. Behold, here's how they're coming. They're coming through Ziz, all right? You will find them at the edge of the valley in front of the wilderness. I mean, God is very specific. Look, 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 it's like this. You're praying. God's trying to answer your prayer. He said, I don't want you to go and stay in the break room tomorrow. I want you to get up, go to work, and when you go to work, go right in the office where they're talking about you. I want you to go stand right there. I want you to put yourself right in the midst of what others would count as harm's way. I don't want you to run and hide. Look at your neighbor and say, you're too good at hide and seek, amen. You hiding, God got to come and seek you out. That's what happened in the garden. Remember what happened in the garden? Adam wouldn't show up that day because he was wrong, because sin would mess you up. You understand what I'm saying? So God said, hey, (laughs) where are you? Like God didn't know where they were. You got to show up. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I know you've heard this before but tapping everything, you've got to show up baby I, 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 this is a word for some of you you got to go on and go to court tell your neighbor what I said, go to court because mm, mm, mm. the outcome is in the hands of the Lord if you've done what the Lord asks you to do The Bible says, you don't need to fight in this battle. Verse 17. I want you to station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. On your behalf. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem. Don't fear. Do not fear. Don't be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out to face them. I want to say to you every time, every time you gather in the... When we gather together to bless the Lord and praise the Lord and we raise that situation before God, you know, it's like, it's like putting yourself right in the midst of it instead of taking yourself away. Christians have such a terrible reputation for running when the battle gets hot. We won't stay in the argument. We won't stand in the controversy. We just want to be neutral. You know, today being neutral means neutery. One reason why we can't produce because we're neuter. And why are we neuter? Because we won't, we don't, we won't even, we won't even show up for the argument. We won't be in the midst of a controversy. We don't want. One of the things about believers today, we don't want any, we don't want no trouble. I I don't want nobody to. You know, I don't want to argue, I don't want to fight, I don't want to argue, I don't want to fight, I don't want to argue, I don't want to fight want to come to? you know, in that play, in, in our play last night, you know, I was the guy to take. I, my daddy was the guy uh, taking the, the, the kid and say, "Go out there and go out there, go out there and fight him." He didn't say, "Go out and win." He said, "Go out and fight him." The real deal was the fact that he would show up to the battle. That was a victory in itself. Everybody here knows one of the worst things about a fight coming is the, is the fear you face before it ever happens. When you get in that fight, you ain't scared. Just get hit once. I promise you, you ain't scared no more. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Pop, oh, 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 it's all now. <laughs> Let him kick you once and you, you're like, oh, 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 oh. Oh, heaven no, oh, heaven no but right? we no we all <laughs> oh dog oh dog you know we going to get down now. you know you, and, you be, and, and when you in that when you're in it when you're really in it you'll be looking if you could grab something anything you grab it let the, you let the enemy bluff you out of your situation that you've not been able to break through and, and t- intimidate you with the fact of how long it's been, how hard it's been, how strong the opposition is. And the real deal today, Metro, if you want what God promised, you're going to have to get up out of the place where you are and show up to the battle and be there so God can be on your behalf. This is where we are. That's where you are. It's an attitude. In some fights, when you come, if you got the right attitude, you got the right look in your eye. You just lay look at you, and say, No, I don't think we want, I don't want to mess with him today. God said to them, I need you to show up to the battle. Go down, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't be afraid. Face them. Are you there, Saints? It goes like this, I know what your natural eyes see, but fix your vision on me. I know what's natural. I know what's in your perception. But God said, that's not where the battle is. Focus on me. I'm telling you, go down. Man, that's so crazy. Tap your neighbor, tell him, God does not do things the way we do things. See, if you open your ears, then you won't fear. See, if you close your ears, you won't hear the word. Once the word of the Lord comes, fear goes. You say, oh, oh, you're saying go down. Oh, I got to go. Praise. Did they take my clock? I couldn't see it. It was covered up. Okay. Okay. Check this out, last one, I'll do Praise magnifies the presence of God. In verse 18 and 19, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. Jehoshaphat Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem Fell down before the Lord, worshiping God. I want you to see this. Praise magnifies the presence of the Lord. So when when, 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 when the prophet spoke, and the Lord said through the prophets exactly what it was. Jehoshaphat, it's like for him, like that's all I needed to know. And I want to say this because. This is probably, this is, I'm sure, applicable for most of us. I remember when I was preaching it in, in Switzerland, and the Lord showed me a picture of why, why bowing is so important. It's to get your head lower than your heart. I said, oh God. And for most of us, our head is so much in it, till God can't even encourage our heart. Because we're so smart. My wife would say, half of being smart is knowing what you're dumb at. And you need to be dumb when it comes to the will of God until you lower, you lower that intellectual thing. God, thank God for your intellect, but if you're using that to solve your problems, guess where that, guess where that has gotten you. Good luck with that. There are times when God will say, this is not about your intellect. What I want you to do, I want you to do the exact opposite. I want you to show up to the battle, go right in the midst of it. The Bible says, Jehoshaphat, he bowed his head. In fact, he laid out flat before the Lord. And all the people bowed with him. Are you there, saints? And they worshiped God. Do you see it? Verse eighteen, they fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Verse nineteen, the Levites from the sons of a, of, of, of uh, yeah, Kohathites, yeah, C O H A T H I T E S, Kohathites, I guess, huh? And the sons of them same people. Stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel, with a very loud voice. With what kind of voice? Yeah. Say it again, please. Yeah. Demonstrate it for me. Yeah. I uh, I I'm told that one of the great events to go to right now in Atlanta is to go see the Atlanta United the soccer game. They said it is a thrill because the fans are crazy. Anybody gone yet? We got two or three that have gone. It is absolutely crazy. It's just that when the game is over, unless they've been betting, their lives have not changed. Thank God for soccer. Nothing wrong with soccer. But it's amazing how much energy is expanded over what can't change your life. I saw it the other Sunday, God is desiring a, a sound to come out of the lungs of his people that begin to permeate the airways of Atlanta. I remember when God first started dealing with us about this, we were in a neighborhood that, that had, we were in a, a gym with a tin roof and every sound we made was magnified in the whole community. So bad until the neighbors would come out of their houses at night, banging on our door, saying, would y'all be quiet? And we praised him more. Oh, yeah, we did. I remember it was early in the morning. We were having 5.30, 6 o'clock morning prayer. And we were shouting to God. And God was doing miraculous. It was amazing. That tin roof would rumble and the sound would vibrate. That sound was so, so frightening until the community tried to kick us out of the community. They held a neighborhood planning unit meeting <laughs> to vote whether they would keep us in or revoke our whatever. I remember we, uh, we showed up. I said, "Metro, Joe, don't stay home. Let's go to this battle. We, all, we had already prayed and interceded, so we came in like this. What's up, my name? I mean, what's up? <laughs> we came in, we all sat down, and they were they were voting against us. Now we had already been to the throne. And they were voting, and we it, it, the vote was even for and against. So the board, the, the final board, had to vote. And they voted, and it was even. Stay. Go and only one person had not voted yet, and he was the president of the whole thing. I never forget, I'm sitting there looking at him all on Metro Nights and saying, I wish, I wish a Negro would. (laughs) Forgive me for using, you know, I said Negro, okay. And the man stood there, my wife was with me, his face turned blush red. And he, they all look at him like, what you gonna vote? You to, defy, you to decide and vote, what you gonna vote? He said, I vote stay. It came out of his mouth for he knew what he was saying. The man was not only against us, he's against God. Oh yeah, but his lifestyle, Railed against God, but because we had prayed, God showed up and got in the man's tongue. So by the time he made the decision, we was yes and amen. And we all said, Yes, you know, said, yes, and we got it. We walked on our show. <laughs> Tap your neighbor and said, God needs you to show up and He needs you to worship Him. And so it says, We go. so, so He says here. He says, they all worshiped and they praised the God with a very loud voice. When God God manifests his presence, when God manifests his presence, that place is holy ground. When God manifests who he is, that place becomes holy ground. And when holy ground manifests, it always shoves Satan down. I want to declare today that I want to declare today that you are the holy ground. When you decide, Lord, we don't know what to do. But we know you. My situation is I don't know what to do about it. I can't turn it. I've done everything I know to do to turn it and make it work. And and I've done everything. I've said everything I need to say. I've made all the moves I need to make. And I can't, for the life of me, I can't get that thing to turn around. But Lord, I'm humbling myself before you. And I'm praising you. And I'm shouting with a loud voice in spite of what it is, you are God, you're the first, you're the last, you're the beginning, you're the end. There's no God beside you. In fact, we renounce all other gods. You alone, you alone control power and might. It's at your hand and men are made great and given strength. The kingdom is yours, oh God. This is your kingdom. And we begin to bless him and praise him. You watch God begin to move on your behalf. You watch God begin to turn hearts, tweak lives, your vision but we it will get clearer. Your humility will move God. You, when you rehearse that history, it reminds you, and your faith starts to take root again. Angels will get assigned. with your name on it, Demons will get a clue. Things that have come against you will fall down. When you fall down, those things will fall down, then God will raise you up. You'll be the only one standing. Stand on your feet. Lift your hands to the Lord. This year's not done yet. His work is not done yet for 2019. What will you do? Well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm assembling. We're assembling in the presence of the Lord together. It was interesting that the king didn't come before God by himself. But he came with all the people. God saw it he was pleased with it and everything that wasn't as it should be in this conflict God he already he had a plan he just needed some folk to execute it so you might know the story they got the choir together put them up front put the praise worshipers up front Lord have mercy against one of the most powerful armies in the world. They put the, the praisers up first. Put tambourines in their hand. Put them in robes. Tap your neighbor said your praise is, is your weapon. Amen. It's not idle praise. You don't even know what you're praising for God for. I'm not no, no. You, they knew what the threat was. They knew what was coming against them. But your praise is your weapon. Raise your hands to the Lord and begin to talk to the Lord in the language that God gives you for for prayer.